0: Hey there, welcome or welcome back to the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. I'm your host Chris Desmond. In the show, I chat with interesting people who inspire me to get out of my comfort zone and they do that through their actions and through talking about the ideas that they have. Today, I am chatting with an intelligent, eloquent young lady called Lucy McSweeney. About the topic of mental health. Lucy has been on her own mental health journey. And has faced some challenges. And from those challenges. She has decided to use her experience to help others. And at the moment what that looks like. Is having a petition. To have compulsory mental health education. In schools based in New Zealand. So Today I chat with Lucy about her mental health journey, about some of the drivers for the petition, what she would like to see come from it at a sort of governmental nationwide level, um, and also what else she's doing to help advocate for the mental health of young people. This is quite a fun conversation Um And in it, I chat with Lucy about her journey, about some of the gaps in mental health education for young people, Um, and we have a little bit of a chat about some of Lucy's ideas for solutions for this, Uh, why this education should be delivered in schools, the fact that mental health is a public health crisis, and why it should be everyone's responsibility to deal with it, Um, the pressure of social media, how ugly our green smoothies are, what Lucy does to keep herself mentally healthy, we chat about her sleep routine and the power of being grateful. So this conversation with Lucy as I said, was was a really enjoyable one for quite a heavy topic. Um, and we chat just about some ideas for, for solutions and gaps as well. So really what we're what we're wanting to do here is just kind of spark a little bit of debate about it, but also to increase the education that our young people are getting around keeping themselves mentally healthy. So make sure that you shoot over to sign Lucy's petition. The link is in the notes for the show. And also share this episode out with your friends or with with someone that you think may need it. So as always, thanks for taking the time to sit down and get uncomfortable with us today. Lucy McSweeney, welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Thanks, Chris. Great to chat to you.
0: Yeah, awesome to chat to you. And yeah, thanks for thanks for taking the time on this, what is it, uh, Thursday night?
1: Thursday night. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Almost the weekend again, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs>
0: So, Lucy, we're here to have a bit of a chat about a petition that you have created at the moment about um, mental health education in schools. So, (laughs) before we get into that, can I get you to kind of give me and also the listeners Mm -hmm. a little bit about who is Lucy McSweeney and what's your story with mental health?
1: Sure thing. So um, I'll start like everyone does. I'm 21 and I'm an engineering student at Auckland Uni. Um, And I guess my journey with mental health, it really became a big player for me in my last year of high school, in year 13. Um, I'd always been a really top achiever at school. I'd done well. I'd done a lot of, I was sort of learning music at university um, but I guess in year thirteen, the pressure really started getting to me, and a bunch of different like kind of crappy things that all happened at once, and it just, I guess, what was sort of normal stress kind of became more than normal stress, and I think, as opposed, you know, and I think it got to a point where I was stressed all the time, and I was so stressed that I couldn't really function. You know, I had a breakup and things weren't going well with my friend, and my grandma died. And I just really, really got to the point where I felt like everything was resting on my grades, and that was all that mattered. And that's kind of where um, my thoughts got a bit warped, and I started getting quite anxious and um, quite depressed. Um, and then it's kind of been with me since then. Um, I've had Better times and worse times and you know, I think I think it's still I mean I'm I'm feeling way better at the moment and it's awesome. But yeah, sort of with the uni stress and that transition of sort of learning who I am as an adult and learning how to manage sort of my self expectations and the expectations of those around me has just kind of been a big learning experience for me. So um that was really my experience with mental health and what the journey has been with me and yeah so I mean it has been a really big player in my life pretty much the whole time I've been an adult sort of since I was 17 Mm, but then I guess in the last year or two I've kind of felt like you know I've had this experience but I think you know I've got a good brain on my head and I'm good head on my shoulders and I I would really like to give back and sort of if I can give back and use what has been kind of a really challenging experience to help others then that will almost make it worth having gone through myself even though some of the things that I've gone through have been really tough
0: Mm, yeah yeah yeah. so that's kind of been (laughs) over the last four years that you've you've been working through that
1: yeah totally and I've had up times and down times and and I know into the future I will have uptimes and down times, but I really hope now that I've kind of got some more resilience tools and some some more, you know, some more strategies to cope with those times when I feel up and down here.
0: Yeah. yeah. And was mental health kind of a topic that you were aware of before all this came to a head?
1: Um I think I kind of knew it was a thing. Like, I'd seen John, I knew who John Kerwin was, and I knew it was an issue, but I think it was never something that I really related to, or something that I ever really expected that would happen to me, because I'm a real extrovert, and I'm a bubbly, outgoing, enthusiastic person, and I guess, for me, I didn't really ever, I knew it was around, but I just never really thought it would be something that would happen to me, and I think that's because like I didn't relate to the people on the ads because I'm not sad and old and um well I mean I was sad and sometimes you know everyone's sad sometimes that I wasn't I wasn't um I guess yeah it just wasn't something that really resonated with me I'm not I always think those ads they show someone walking along the beach on their own dragging a stick and that just wasn't me so it kind of I was It was vaguely on the radar, but it just wasn't something that I really ever expected to deal with in my own life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And when it kind of came on, did you understand what it was straight away? Or kind of when did, how did your understanding develop?
1: No. And that is really why I think the education needs to be there because I think I was probably, well, no, it's hard, you know, I don't like to, I think it's not good to use diagnosis because you know everything everyone's experience is their own but like I think I was having really serious issues that needed help for probably six plus months before I really realized so yeah no I think because I think you know I was just I think especially with teenagers people just kind of brush it off as oh teenagers being teenagers and, and oh silly teenage problems and I think I almost told that to myself as well. So, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize what's going on until way later than it needs to, which is why I really want the education so that people are more on the lookout for it. And so um, friends are more on the lookout for it as well because I think it's one of those things that it's really hard to see when you're in it yourself, but people from the outside might be able to see it better. Yeah, which is yeah. why I think it's really important that we upskill young people, so people can look out for their friends better and know what to look out for. Because people don't go to their parents and the guidance counselor when they're having a tough day; they talk to their friends. You know, they talk to their boyfriends and they talk to their friends. So that's why I think we need to give young Kiwis a bit more credit and um, give them the tools so they can help each other.
0: Yeah, um, Lucy, w- did your friends kind of pick anything up in you as you started to go through this?
1: Um, oh man, it was a long time ago. Yeah, um, I think they knew that a change was happening, but I don't think they really knew what to happen. Mm-hmm. I think they were. I think they found it really scary. Yeah, yeah. Um Because this, I was, I was agitated, and I was in. I I just didn't really know what to do,
0: yeah, yeah, understandable now,
1: yeah, totally I mean it's so it's, it's an odd like I don't know like it's it's hard to what do you do? it's so hard to see someone you care about going through something and not knowing what to do about it,
0: yeah, I think that's one of the the biggest challenges out there for people watching is that that kind of sense of helplessness. Uh, Around that, totally. You just you don't know what to do, and you don't know how to help.
1: Yeah, and that's why. Like, I think I really like to see education Mm -hmm. focused just as much as people who are around people with mental health problems as the people, as for the people who are going to deal with it themselves. Because that's like that is so hard, and that is scary, and that can be really stressful for young people.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, that kind of segues into the next thing that I wanted to have a chat about. Now, it's been a while since I went through school. um, Yeah. But kind of what gaps do you see in the education system at the moment around mental health and mental health education for young people?
1: Um, I think, well, I think it's really different depending on the school really really different so that's one thing is that it's quite varied um and I think for us it was a pretty token thing that would happen like once a year maybe and it was generally kind of like alluded to um there's just so many gaps like it needs to be more it needs to be more regularly and it needs to be better so I think we need to see it More frequency throughout the year. We need to see it over all of the years more regularly, and it needs to be better. Um, And it needs to be. And another thing is, I think one of the big issues that I'm finding as I find more about this is that a lot of teachers just don't know what to do because the teachers aren't upskilled on it enough. So teachers don't know, aren't properly trained on it, so they don't know what to do, and that means they kind of avoid it because for the sake of um, not wanting to say the wrong thing so and not wanting to, you know, get it wrong. So I think often the hard topics like suicide are avoided because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to say the wrong thing and, you know, cause harm. But in fact, so what I'd really like to see is more upskilling for teachers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, is that, I mean, you mentioned uh, doing it better is that part mm-hmm. of the of the doing it better thing, um, the, the upskilling yeah. for teachers? Is there any mm-hmm. other ways that you think that um, we could do it better?
1: Yeah. So I'm actually involved. So I've thought about that. I've decided that I've come up with a big problem, and I would like to be a part of the solution. So I think um, something that I'm working on and something that would be really valuable is having, like, external providers so like young people who come in so I'm currently working on an organisation that will be able to go into schools and provide these lessons Um. so yeah so we get like young students only a couple of years older who might have gone through that kind of similar experience as you know might have gone through had tough um, experiences with mental health when they were at high school and having those people like come into schools so, because I think that would like I think Students would relate to that more than having their, like, 60-year-old math teacher tell them about mental health is having a young person who they can relate to and who they see is doing well and who who they can see as a role model, having them come and share. So, yeah, I'm currently – I think that will be a really great solution.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a, a really valuable sort of part of the puzzle. And um, Are you planning to kind of deliver that through schools or kind of – Outside yeah. of schools,
1: um, I think in schools the reason and I so I thought about this and I was like, does it is it something that should be in school or like when I was thinking like, look, young people really need to know more about mental health and I was thinking like, is it something that needs to happen in school or out of school? I was like, the thing that reason I think it's good to go into schools is that it's the best way to reach most of New Zealand's young people. Yeah, right, like
0: yeah
1: yeah if you're if you're in schools then you're reaching most young people like some some young people might not be in school most young people are in school
0: yeah no i think that's a that's a very good point with it is that that's the way you will kind of get the the majority of of young people sort of interacting with uh, a program like that um yeah So you th- you kind of thinking that external providers are the way to go for, for providing that, but also upskilling teachers as well?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not an expert. I am not 100% sure exactly how things would look. So yeah. it's um, I would need to talk to people about that. I think the combination of both, I think, you know, teachers who are seeing the kids every day they need to have better you know, teachers who might notice that a student's having a tougher time or their grades might be dropping or they're seeming a bit more withdrawn in class, they deserve to have more skills. And, you know, the health teachers have more education on that and have them really upskilled. But then also maybe have some external providers. I mean, that's what we had this set is. We had a health teacher who would um, do a lot of that, but we also had the external providers. And I think that's a good combination I'm not sure like but I must like say I am not an education expert
0: yeah I don't know
1: about what's the best for that that's just my view based on like my personal experience with school
0: yeah and I'm not an education expert either but I mean it sounds Mm. like a it sounds like a good uh, kind of start of the process to me anyway yeah. And it sounds like it's something that would be Really really valuable um, And I think I mean going back To kind of talking about support for the Teachers as well is again that kind of Encompasses that Feeling of helplessness because I mean totally, the teachers yeah. obviously Care for their students and
1: mm. If
0: they can't can't Help them out with something like that Again you, you're kind of feeling helpless from that Point of view too
1: Yeah, Totally and I mean you can't learn if you're like if you're if you're not feeling good
0: hm mm, yeah 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 it's if you're not feeling good then sort of everything else uh kind of goes by the goes by the wayside
1: totally yeah, yeah. i mean if you're feeling really down then just everyday things take so much energy that it's hard to put extra energy into studying and learning and like i always say like especially because there's only compulsory health education up to year 10. But I think those last years of high school are stressful, stressful times. Like, that's when you're learning how to be an adult. You're constantly being asked, like, what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And, like, whilst you've been in school and that's kind of really given you a sense of your identity, you're having to start considering, like, who you are when you're not in the school system and what it's going to be like moving out of home for a lot of people and things like that. So I just really think that, Young people need that support and especially up in that, um, in that senior school and that having guidance counsellors available, which is what most schools, well, I think all schools have to have guidance counsellors, I'm pretty sure, isn't enough because, like, I don't know, you don't want to go, it's hard to go seek help.
0: It is, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like,
1: nobody, like, especially, I, I mean, it's not, it's a sign, I believe that it's a sign of strength seeking help. Yeah. But generally people often people feel like it's a sign of people often people feel like it will be an admission of weakness. But I I'm not I'm sure with your whole uncomfortable is okay thing that I've seen that like there's that whole sense of strength and bravery and vulnerability and I really, really love
0: that. For sure. Yeah, I'm definitely getting better at asking Mm. for help and I mean I was I was probably very similar in that for quite a while I did mm. see kind of asking for help as a sign of weakness and as a sign yeah. of hey I can't I can't do this myself um, and often I just kind of try and try and muddle through with things mm. um, totally which yeah didn't really didn't really serve anyone at all um no. I was having yeah. a I was having a chat with someone uh, the other day when I after we'd kind of organized a talk and I and I mentioned to them that I'd be yeah. chatting with you and they were like, Oh, that's that sounds really interesting. But they wanted to to ask you, they they kind of think what yeah. you're doing is very cool and very, very valuable, but they also wanted to just kind of ask you what you thought about in terms of the responsibility for providing this service whether it should be and re- providing the support in education should it be kind of from a school and a governmental perspective or should it be kind of the family and the community that should be providing this education to its to its young people um
1: that's a really interesting question but like I think I think we need to start thinking of mental health like mental health is a public health crisis and I think the government like we consider like schools responsibility to deal with smoking and we think that the schools and school and government's responsibility to deal with um drink driving and sexual health and I think this comes under the same umbrella like it would be really, really awesome if families and communities could help with mental health, but it's a public health crisis and it's getting worse. And, you know, we need to, the government has a vested interest in having a mentally healthy society because if they want the economy to be productive and if they want to have productive needs of society. So, I mean, I think with, and I think, Mental health is a public health crisis it's one of the um it's a re- it's one of the biggest killers of people under the age of thirty five is suicide and it's also one of the biggest kill- um biggest like um causes of health related loss so i think it's you know i think it's a public health crisis which everyone needs to care about, especially the government and um yeah i mean that's awesome. I think that families have a huge role to play in that but i think we need to start where we can and I think school is a really awesome place to start with that in terms of just raising a generation. What one of the big things I always come back to is let's raise a generation who just think it's normal to talk about mental health and don't have a stigma about mental health. And unfortunately a lot of you know, a lot of I know that my parents were struggle because they were brought up in the kind of like you just kind of suck it up and you keep a stick on the lip and you just, you know, move on with it. So I think it's about creating a whole cultural shift and generational change really does require, like, external, um, really does require an external um, input from the school. And, I, yeah, I think, the, I really think it's the government's role, and I just see that in school as a really good place to be doing that. And also that, yeah, as I said, like, you kids cannot learn if they're not, feeling well and if they're not feeling um you know and if they're not yeah if they're not well and if they're not feeling happy and if they're not feeling healthy and yeah I know that there's some criticism not necessarily of me but just in terms of like the fact that schools are expected to do so, do so much at the moment but I think this is one of those things that's worth it yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Lucy, I love that answer. I think you've just won the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. That was a bit of a ramble, but I uh, appreciate no, no.
0: it. It was it was good. Um, I was yeah, just enjoying where you were going with that. I was kind I of uh, sitting there nodding along with everything that you oh, said, which is cool. Well i I
1: hope you well I hope you um, direct your friend to listen to the, me winning
0: the podcast. Yes, yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was playing a little bit of devil, devil's advocate uh, when no, I, I asked love that it. question there. Um, so, oh, but no, you awkward. answered it exactly. The way I was hoping that you are going to. Um, <laughs> I appreciate uh,
1: it. I was uh, a, I was a high school debater, so you know. <laughs> just. <laughs> no, but this, I mean, I speak from the heart, and the reason that I've made so much noise on this, and that I'm so happy to talk about it, is because it means a lot to me. And so, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: it's really easy to talk about things when it comes from the heart. I'm sure you'd um, I'm sure you can understand that.
0: Oh for sure and I can hear the the passion in your voice about it as well which is which is wicked. Um I oh, wanted to uh, I wanted to ask you about kind of drivers of the uh, petition and I mean I think we've probably touched on quite a few of them but were there any yeah. other drivers that kind of caused you to to start this petition?
1: Um I guess it was just really feeling like I just wanted to have, I feel like you just always feel better when you're giving back. You know, nothing, I think it's it's proven, right? That one of the best things you can do for your well-being is giving back. And I just really, I've had a bit of, I had a, I've had had a bit of a rough year last year and I just really felt like I wanted to have a purpose and to feel, and that for me to feel good and to feel happy that I really wanted to have something to do and to give back. And so that was one of the reasons that I really started this this year. Is that I just wanted to, I needed a bit of a I needed a bit of a passion project, and I really wanted to do something. And this is something that means so much to me, so that's kind of why I, that's how I was like, stuff it, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to put it online and see where it goes." So much to me, it means that I was opening myself up to failure. So this is a thing that's been going around in my mind for almost a year, probably before I finally sucked it up and did it. So yeah, 100% uncomfortable.
0: How's the feedback been from it?
1: Um, like 95 plus percent amazing I have had about the one people who I have found had some negative feedback is some schools have been like we're already doing mental health education and to that I say well 5,000 young people's signature on a piece of paper on the internet the Pfizer would disagree like the fact that this has got It's got, you know, had a few days where it was getting a thousand signatures a day. And the fact that over probably the last, I think it's about, I think it's four weeks today, that it's gotten so much support means that schools aren't doing enough and that enough isn't being done. Mm. I've had so many, I've had so girl I used to babysit who is still at school saying, yes, I would love to have had this. So yes, I've had some, Pushback back mainly from schools, but um apart from that, it's just been amazing, and that's just that just fills my heart with joy. but I kind of knew it would because it's an important topic, like you know it's gotten a really great response because it makes sense, and that's really awesome, and I knew that so <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice to see that the the rest of the world agrees with it,
0: <laughs> yeah and and what do you hope is going to come from this petition besides raising awareness of the the importance of this topic?
1: Um, i I'm hoping to see take I'm hoping that it will go into Parliament and that they will accept my petition and that it will go to a select committee and then they will have an inquiry and then that we will see. One concrete change that I would like to see is that it's compulsory up to year 13 is one thing. And then apart from that, I think I'd like to see some more funding from the government to go into supporting these external providers to go into schools or supporting the upskilling of teachers. Because one of the really important things, I was chatting to my MP yesterday. Um, No, it's Tuesday now. I was chatting to my MP two days ago on Tuesday, and he was chatting about how compulsion isn't enough, but the big focus that really has to happen is that we have to make sure that the quality is really good and that the mental health education is better because normally it isn't skills but it's just not enough and it's just crap and it's really token. So we really, really want it to be better. So I think that just needs... More funding and just more of a focus.
0: Awesome. Yeah. How many signatures do you have at the moment?
1: Um, I'll check for you. Um, I think about four thousand two hundred. Maybe just under that.
0: Cool. And how many do you want?
1: Um I'm not sure. It's so hard because um what, four thousand one hundred and fifty two at the moment. Awesome. I'm hoping 10,000. I've decided in the last few days that I think 10,000, I mean, at first I was just going to see where it goes, but I've decided that I think 10,000 will be really awesome and then I'll be stomping up the steps of Parliament to hand it in.
0: Yeah, brilliant. That sounds yeah, that sounds amazing.
1: So Yeah, I mean, it's just like a nice, I'm a mathematician, I like a nice big round number and I think 10,000 is an awesome, awesome and a nice target, and but also manageable, because I'm nearly halfway there, so um I think with a bit of a push and a bit more, hopefully a bit more media and stuff, that I should really be able to get there in the next um, month, maybe, a bit, bit longer.
0: Yeah. Uh, does the yeah. petition have a closing date?
1: No, it doesn't at the moment. It's just... It doesn't have a closing date. I'm considering like putting a uh, having a target date, but I think for me, in my mind, it will be in the next. Um, I'm thinking about like the about the next two months. I think is about my timeline that I'm looking at. I would quite like to set a really good target date, just because I think that really helps to gain momentum and say, look, we've got three weeks to go. You know, let's get this happen- make this happen and stuff like that. But honestly, it was kind of just like, a, I'm just going to do this and I put it out there and see where it goes. But I think as it's gained some momentum and and now I've kind of validated that there is support here, I'd now like to put it, I've got that 10,000 target and I think I've got about, a target of about the 1st of June is my sort of in my head target. Brilliant. Which is also conveniently before exams. So hopefully <laughs> i would have, like, put it into. <laughs> so I'll be able to, you know, have a big push and then I'll be able to have a, we to where I can go quiet and um, <laughs> do my exams, and then yeah, see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you're listening, get over and uh, sign sign it. Um, we'll give you the address later in the show. Yes, Lucy. Please do. Yeah. With um, I'm gonna I'm gonna change tack a little bit, and I mean this is yep. this is quite a hard question uh, to answer because obviously. It, it's a, it's it's going to be an, an opinion one, and yeah. we're always kind of only looking at things from our own point in time and in the environment and with our own biases at it. Yeah, But in your opinion, do you think there are more mental health concerns in young people around in this day and age compared to, say, 20 or 30 years ago? or about the same or also are we just more aware of the importance of mental health
1: i think i mean obviously this is just my opinion i think it's a combination of a few i think on one level that people are reaching out more so we're getting more data. so like the statistics are going up because more people are reaching out which is awesome so it is i think already like Great work has been done on this. So, on one level, I think the statistics are this one. The statistics are definitely rising. That's shown, you know, the data. Um, the data can't that data can't be disputed, really. But also, so yeah, on one level, I think people are reaching out more. But also on another level, I think the social media and just that really. Like the peer pressure from the whole world, and you know, the fact with the Kardashians, and everyone feels like their life isn't good enough, and Instagram, so no one feels like they're skinny enough, and you know, all of these things, and you know, Facebook, so you think everyone else is just having a way better life than you. I think it does really, really affect people, and there's this just this rising and rising pressure on people with the internet and with this. Mm, need to be stressed and busy and, um, you know, doing things all the time. I think it is more pressure than, you know, and I think it starts younger, you know. Kids have iPads, that's kind of, I mean, I definitely do grow up with an iPad, but that kind of freaks me out and, um, you know, there's less just playing outside and I think that the ability to compare yourself to other people is just so much easier and I think that does have a negative impact on young people's mental health. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a combination of we're hearing about it more, but also it is getting worse.
0: Yeah, cool. That's a that's a a good viewpoint to have on it. And um, I mean, I know what you I know what you mean with social media. When I mean, you look on Instagram mm. sometimes, and you think, "Oh man, I wish my green smoothie was was that vibrant." Or,
1: totally, yeah. Mm. My green smoothies always just turn out brown, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Like it's just, it's an issue. Yeah, my green smoothies are so ugly, and I don't even have them in a mason jar. And I'm just like, damn it. Yeah, you
0: yeah. know. <laughs> my, my motivational, my motivational quotes aren't quite that motivational either. <laughs> Yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: totally. It's a it's a hard (laughs) life having like a podcast Instagram channel. eh? I love Uh, it, um, Lucy. What do you do to keep yourself mentally healthy these days?
1: Um, I am. I sleep a lot. I'm absolutely sacred about my eight hours sleep. You cannot take it away from me. Um, and I think that's important and I think that's underrated. I also, I mean, I think I'm lucky because I've learned, and it's a tough way that I have to, I have to prioritize it. So it really is the number one priority for my life is to have a really, really good routine. So I always get sleep and I always exercise and those are my big foundations. And I try to go to bed at the same time and I try to get up at the same time and, go to uni and just having that really good routine to fall back on means that when things go to shit and when things start going the wrong way then you still sort of have a sense of normalcy and you still kind of have that life goes on and you go to bed at ten thirty and you get up at six thirty and you go to the gym at, you know, X time and just having that really good sense of routine which involves sleep, good food, exercise Having a sense of purpose, having a sense of giving, and fun, and I try have. Oh, I do so many other things. There's so this is the thing; it's a hard problem. You have to do so many things to say well. I make sure I call my mom and chat to my mom because chatting to your mom always makes you feel better. And socially connect with people and have time when I'm not looking at my phone. And yeah, I don't know, so many different things. But I think at the end of the day, it's just a really basic thing. Having a laugh with people you love, looking after your body, and having a sense of drive and purpose that gives you something to get up with in the morning. But at the end of the day, just keeping it simple. I think keeping it simple just um, really helps fight back that sense of overwhelm, which really can lead to less good mental health.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And all really good things to be to be doing. I wanna to talk to you yeah. a little bit more about sleep actually. You you're saying yeah. that's kinda of the main the main thing for you and I know we, we talked about it uh, before. Uh, yeah, um, I
1: mean I'm not sure if it's the main maybe I've put that over it. I think I guess I think having a sense of routine is probably the main thing but yeah Mm -hmm. i think sleep is definitely underrated so let's talk about that
0: yeah so i mean we talked if you don't get good sleep then it's much harder to make good decisions the next day around healthy choices for yourself um which kind of can turn into a bit of a spiral effect for your for your mental health totally but do you have a sleep routine? Because I know for myself and probably for a lot of people out there that sometimes it's really hard to switch off. Like I kind of think sometimes my brain is like a glass of water that you've just chucked a Barocca into and it's just fizzing yeah. around everywhere and you go and lie down in bed with your brain like that. It's, yeah, it's no, not a I'm recipe not, for success. That-
1: yeah. And the thing that I, so yes, I have a sleep routine, it's nothing fancy I have a shower and make a cup of tea and clean my room and then what I do, and it's just very calming that's very boring, you know, but I just think having a clean space just makes you feel very calm but that's my sleep routine I have a shower, then I make a cup of tea and I clean my room for about 10 minutes and what I do is to kind of help calm my brain down as I often listen to a podcast on my way to death um, and that kind of just stops my brain from going all over the place even if I'm not totally like so I just put something kind of calming on not something super duper intellectual usually one of the kind of story ones like this American life or kind of
0: audio books almost style
1: yeah almost audio books or the other thing I do is I listen to the Harry Potter audio book which I know like back to front so something that I'm really familiar with which I just totally love and that kind of gives my brain a little bit of stimulation just enough that um I don't end up like worrying or just like having you know it just it gives my brain enough stimulation that it kind of blocks out me worrying or having all these different thoughts and it's kind of a random thing but it really works for me and then I put that on sleep timer and so like on the iPhone a podcast your podcast app gives you a sleep timer so you can put it on and it'll turn off after 15 minutes and Usually I'm asleep before the 15 minutes is up.
0: Awesome. Do you have to go back and re-listen to that bit that you missed?
1: Yeah, so the next morning I'll often, because I'm literally listening to a podcast like all the time, the next morning because I listen to a podcast as I get up as well, yeah. I often have to skip back for like five minutes just to like pick up on it. Or I just like try when I'm listening, like, I just try not to do the ones that I like really, really don't want to miss a part of. Yeah. But Yeah. yeah. What it's kind of Harry tea? My got so What kind of tea? Um, I my lovely friend gave me this peppermint tea with um with lavender in it, and it's just lovely.
0: Okay. And cool. also
1: peppermint tea; it's very calming, and it's just kind. I think it's a bit of like a mental thing that peppermint tea is meant to be calming, and it also doesn't have any um doesn't have any caffeine in it, which is great. Or I also have occasionally have like a rose tea which is also really lovely but yeah something without caffeine in it is the idea
0: fantastic um <laughs> i'm just thinking of tea now i really feel like a
1: oh, cup oh yeah oh yeah i had a tea i had a cup of tea whilst we started chatting but it's run out we can go have a cup we can go have a tea mint tea afterwards <laughs> yeah yeah sounds... can we hit?
0: yeah um when oh, you're when you're doing fun things do yeah. you always schedule them in is that I important i not
1: always sometimes i um, i mean sometimes i just do um sometimes i just do um random things but yeah i think it's an important thing if you're someone who's really busy and really um you know really yeah uh, I mean, I can, I do have the tendency to be a little bit of a workaholic, so it's something that I kind of have to do. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's really important to schedule fun if you're someone who would tend to cut it out. Like, even during exams, I make sure I have fun. Um, so yeah, I am a big advocate for so just like having fun. And I also like, it's so important to interact with other people. So usually, and I'm a big extrovert, so usually my fun is, um, hanging out with others so yeah I think it's an important thing to schedule and just to find like a little thing what I try to do and what's really really scientifically shown to be good for your is even if you're having a stressful day is to at the end of the day think of something or three things which have been joyful and pleasant and just find a good thing that's happened every day even if it was just a nice cup of tea before bed you know
0: yeah cool yeah and all that research that's coming out about kind of being grateful as well and its effect on your on your mental health is uh, it's pretty fascinating stuff how yeah, simple it's so things strong, that yeah. and
1: just about like um i guess i think it's about sort of strengthening those pathways of seeing that gratitude and i've been trying to do it for the last few weeks and it's really awesome like even on days where I look back and think, like, oh, it's a crap day. I'm not going to do What am I going to do for my gratitude today? I do tend to find something good, even if it's just like, cute barista at coffee shops and, like, you know. <laughs> even though that's so, you know, I think you can find joy in every day and it's just something you have to
0: look for. Yeah. Cool. Lucy, I'm going to change tack a little bit. I'm going to ask you the questions oh. that I ask everybody on the show. Yeah. I have sent them to you, but you did tell me you haven't done any prep. So <laughs> this, could be, this could be interesting. Um, the first one is, can you tell me about a time that you failed and what you learned from it? And I may not have sent that one to you, actually.
1: Oh, my goodness. When did I fail? Okay, I'll tell you the biggest failure, and this is a huge and recent failure. So this is a really big one to talk about, but I'm happy to. Um, last year, I ran to be the president of the Engineering Society, which is a, something, a club that I put a whole lot of time and effort into my whole time at uni, and I lost. And I didn't really think I would. It was something that I really, I just kind of, I thought I'd win and I didn't, which was really, really heartbreaking. But I think what I learned from, but the time, if I had won that, I would not have had the opportunity to start this campaign. And I just think when one opportunity, what I learned from that is that when one opportunity, like, might go by, it's gonna make space for another opportunity and you just have to kind of look at it like that, you know? Like sometimes, it's like that with breakups, like sometimes, yeah, I've had times where I've been heartbroken with a breakup, and that kind of opens awesome, up more time and space to do something better. But you just have to kind of look at it like that. And, yeah, so I think that was a really big, that was one of the biggest failures in my life so far. But um, I've had so much time to do so many cool things because of the time that I have not doing that. Yeah.
0: Cool. What was the last uncomfortable thing that you did and how did you get through it?
1: Oh, my goodness. I try to do uncomfortable things every day. Um, do you want, like, the last, like, really big uncomfortable thing? No, no.
0: What or, like, what was the uncomfortable thing you did today?
1: Oh, um... What I mean, what uncomfortable things have I done today? Um... I went and asked my que- my lecture questions after class, which is kind of like a hard thing, you know. <laughs> it's so random, but it is like if I'm not, I this is a class that I failed before and I'm retaking, which is like <laughs> a bit like which doesn't feel very good. But I'm um, I went and asked my lecture questions, and that wasn't comfortable, but it was really good. It was um, you know, I felt like a little bit. I felt like a little bit embarrassed about having to retake the class and a little bit um worried about what he might think about me having you know worried that my questions would be seen really dumb and you think that um I wasn't very intelligent, but I did it, and it was good you know just put myself here just had to do it
0: where did any of those fears come true were they were they founded?
1: No, nah, not at all he was like, Oh, I'm so happy that someone came and asked me questions. No one ever comes with my office out. So it was all good. Yeah. But I mean sometimes some fears I mean when I talked about this running to be the engineering society president, that was a fear and it did come true. Mm. But I think most I think most things aren't as bad as you think they will be. It's like getting an injection. It's never quite as bad as you think it will be. Often the fear of failure is I think almost 100% of the time, the fear of failure is worse than failure itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. What is the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do and why is that uncomfortable for you?
1: Um, oh my goodness, what a really good question. Um, oh, I should have so <laughs> what is the next uncomfortable What uncomfortable thing? Oh, I'm going to go to counseling tomorrow totally that's you know that's an uncomfortable thing because I think that often like that requires this and I'm a big advocate for going to counseling and I'm also a big advocate about people talking about because I feel like it's something that no one wants to talk about and they're so embarrassed but I'm saying it to you on a podcast for the whole internet to listen to that I am going to counseling tomorrow because I think that's a totally fine thing to do, but it's an uncomfortable thing to do because I think it requires this real sense of honesty and sometimes, like, um, that you don't often have with other people. And sometimes I know that, it, like, for me to get the most out of it, I have to say things which I don't feel like reflect me in the best light and, you know, talk about these things which I usually share with nobody. And yeah, so I think that will be an uncomfortable thing.
0: But I know that I'll get a lot of benefit out of it. Cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that you will. And don't worry. Probably only half the internet is going to listen to this podcast. So <laughs> you
1: only half the internet. Only yeah, half.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm working on the other half at the moment, but we're not quite okay, there okay. just yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe if my 18 Twitter followers listen, then we'll be good. <laughs> we'll be yeah. there. Yeah. Someone I was on the radio the other day and someone was like, oh, what's your Twitter? And the guy was like, what's your Twitter? We'll get you some more. And I was like, I mean, this is what it is, but I only have 18 followers. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know like, whether, whether anyone wants to know my Twitter.
0: Are the kids still using Twitter these days? I don't know.
1: Um, not really. I don't think many New Zealanders... I do it because I'm a bit of a politics man, so I like politicians use Twitter, and so I
0: like to do that to follow that. Yeah,
1: yeah. But like, I don't think many of my friends really tweet.
0: No, I'm definitely not up with what the kids are up to these days. I have Twitter. I have seventy followers. I think. Yeah. Ooh, so, get it, getting there. Uh, just about to. Crack I think it's three all digits. about the
1: Snapchat. I think it's all about the Snapchat story.
0: Oh really? What about Instagram stories? Oh, yeah, that
1: too. I don't know. I don't know which one's more. Yeah. That's Instagram. Definitely not Facebook stories. That was a big block from then.
0: Yeah. It's probably not a deb- debate I should get uh, drawn into. I'll just show up my <laughs> lack of knowledge. Eh? Um, oh,
1: me too. I'm I'm like desperately uncool, so I'm definitely not the to talk to.
0: That's all right. We can be uncool and uncomfortable together. Oh, that's a good hashtag. <laughs> yeah, that would be great on Twitter. We-
1: oh, not a bit- Or oh, Instagram? Or Instagram. What's yeah, Instagram. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what
0: social
1: media will we <laughs> hashtag on?
0: Lucy, I'm going to stop that right there in its tracks. I have a couple more questions for you. Um,
1: <laughs> sure.
0: And actually, no, I'm going to keep that one going because if people want to follow you follow your journey um where should they go but also where should they go to sign the petition
1: um so will you be able to put a I will link put a to link to the in petition? the show
0: notes too
1: So yeah it's on a platform called our action station so if you go to there our.actionstation.org.nz and then look up mental health it should be on there um And then I'm in the process in the next few days of setting up a Facebook page just for the campaign and things like that. Um, But if anyone does want to follow me on Twitter, then it's at McSweeney underscore Lucy. And I just sort of keep people up to date on that.
0: Brilliant. Yeah.
1: Um, so that's where people can go. Flick- and yeah, maybe even by the time the um, – podcast is that. I should have a Facebook page set up so maybe you can put a link to
0: that beautiful yeah send me an email with the link in it and we'll get that up so now Lucy I have one more official question for you but okay. I just want to take a minute to say thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat with me tonight but I also want to thank you for um, your passion around this topic and and your drive to kind of push this forward and make uh, improve the conversation and improve the resources around this in New Zealand but also through showing your vulnerability on on the subject even though that's that's uncomfortable for you I think that's that's really brave and that's that's really important that it's happening um, and as part of that, thank you also for being wise beyond your years in this regard as well. When I was 21, I definitely wouldn't have been doing anything like that you are. So thank you. Oh,
1: thanks, Chris. And honestly, I must say, thank, yeah, thank you. That means a lot. That, that, that means so much. But I must say that, like, I went through this tough experience with my mental health. But honestly, I think it's made me grow as a person so much. And I think that's kind of one of the things that you must come across with uncomfortable is okay, is that, like, you go through these... Uncomfortable isn't just okay, but uncomfortable is awesome because that's where you go. And, like, honestly, I think even though my journey with my mental health is 100% the hardest thing that I've ever been through, it's also 100% the thing that's made me a better person. Like, I'm undoubtedly, it's, weird, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but it's also the best thing that's ever influenced me so yeah thank you so much i think yeah it really means a lot for you to say that
0: you're welcome now lucy you've almost kind of preempted my last question there but i like (laughs) to get people to leave us with a life lesson a bit of advice um or an interesting fact before we go
1: oh my goodness can I tell you my favorite quote?
0: You can, yep.
1: From, so, from, that, from Kiwi Legion, Sarah Edmund Hillary, it's my favorite quote, and I'm in the process of just, of getting a tattoo of it, is, um, it is not the mountains we must conquer but ourselves. And that is just so beautiful, and that so resonates with me. And it's just, yeah, it is not the mountains we must conquer but ourselves. And I just think it's about saying, like, if you're in the right place and the most important thing is to be in the right place with you and to be in the right headspace and that's so much more important than what any challenge that you're going to be in in front of you but having that mental game right is going to be the foundation for any challenge that life's going to throw at you and that is my little piece of wisdom and something that keeps me sane and something that I try to tell myself every day thank you thanks Chris
0: Great. Lucy, thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me today.
1: <laughs> Thanks. It's been, it's been fun.
0: Well, there you have it, guys. I hope you found that conversation with Lucy very interesting. I know I did. Um, make sure that you get over to Action Station to sign her petition. The link is in the notes for the show. Also, make sure that you share this episode out with your mates, but also with those people that you think could benefit from some of Lucy's tips and ideas. While you're sharing the episode out, make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app as well, so that you get all the other uncomfortable episodes. And also let us know your thoughts on the the episode. You can get in touch with us on Facebook, on Instagram, or even on Twitter. Uh, boost Lucy's followers Um, and also you could just flick me an email at gmail.com and kind of let us know your ideas as well because this is a uh, it's a developing process and it's and it's something that we do need to be talking about thanks again for taking the time to get uncomfortable with me and Lucy today and we'll see you all here back again next week Music